Hello and welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I am a certified career coach and a people consultant, and I'm excited about being able to provide people per examples of setting personal boundaries at work. Before we jump into today's topic, we always like to start every episode with definitions of words we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. For example, if you tell people, hey, I really don't want to attend that event after work, I'm just gonna go straight home, that's setting a boundary with them. You don't wanna be involved in that. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. If you set that boundary with somebody and they continue to send you that email for after work happy hour or this event that's happening after work, that's dismissive of the conversation you've already had with them. And then lastly, gaslighting, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. An example of that would be if they come to your desk and say, hey, you haven't RSVP'd for that happy hour. What's going on? And you say, I told you, I will not be going to that event. And they say, stop playing. Like, it's been a whole year in the pandemic. Like, you need to be out here. Stop being so extra right now. Come out with us. That would be gaslighting. You're not being extra, you're setting a boundary and you don't need that. Today's episode is entitled Embracing Different Journeys, right? Doesn't that sound powerful already? My special guest today is Mel Gill. Mel Gill is the founder of Steamy Lit. She is a proud Latina, Navy veteran, dog mom and military spouse. She uses her love of literature to amplify the voices of her community and other communities that have been silenced for too long. She hopes that through her book recommendations, she'll embrace different journeys, different, different from her own. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. Hey, and could you share with my audience why you entitled your episode today, Embracing Different Journeys? Um, sure, so um, I've done a lot, I've, I've been through, few different journeys throughout my life um and I've always been known and I've taken a lot of pride in embracing the different journeys that I have gone through um maybe not necessarily at the time um but it all it all put me where I am right now um and that's a great place so um I think it's important for us to take a moment and embrace the journeys that we're on because we'll be on a different one very before we know it you know isn't that beautiful oh my gosh that's so beautiful it makes me want to cry oh that's amazing that you're embracing the fact that you that was a past version of yourself and this is the new version of yourself, but you're still grateful for where you were in the past. Have boundaries or setting personal boundaries helped you in becoming this brand new person you are today? Yes, and it's taken me a long time. Um, I've always kind of been like the, the mom of the group um, and I guess a people pleaser would be a, a, a way to call it too. Um, and for a long time, I was, I cared more about making others happy and pleasing others 
been like focusing on my happiness and what I wanted to do. Um, so setting boundaries has been hard, but has been probably the most important part of um, my journey as it continues on. Right, as it continues on. And I hope everybody out there heard that part that this journey is continuous. We have to keep practicing setting boundaries. So could you kind of talk about why it was so difficult? I know that you said you were a people pleaser, but are there any other reasons why it was so difficult for you? Yeah, I think when people, especially people who have like known you like a past self, right? Like your past self, I think it's hard for them to embrace the new person that you are becoming. Um, and I mean, I see this a lot with like friendships that have lasted throughout decades, right? Like I've, I've had friends who I've been with, I've been friends with since we were, you know, little in middle school. And um, that person is not the person I am today. And the person I was five years ago is not the person that I am today. Um, and so that has been difficult because you have to understand and you have to be okay with losing people along the way, right? And so um, some people have been able to embrace and adapt the person that I am today and others haven't, right? Um, and that's totally fine. It's, it's not on them to have to embrace this part of me, um, but then they don't have a place in my life. And so um, that, that's probably been one of the, the hardest parts just because you will lose people along the way when you set boundaries and you start to just become your true self, Oh, Meg, I don't know why that part makes me want to cry, but I think it's just because I remember a past version of myself that I, I would probably laugh at her today. Like, what were you doing? Get it together. But th that's part of the journey, right? I love that you touched on those people do not have a place in your life anymore. Because if you can't accept who I am today, how could we even continue? Where would we even um, could you give us an example of a time that someone was able to embrace the changes you've made? You talked about your friends. Was anybody else able to embrace it? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I think my family has kind of, mm, yes and no, been along the ride for the most part. I think growing up in a Latinx household, there's this... Um, like your family's your family, right? Like no matter what they do. And it has taken me a really long time to realize that if, even if they're family and they're doing something wrong, if they don't know, if they can't fix that, they don't have a place in my life. Um, like I have an aunt who is very racist. Um, and pri prior to, to even that, right? Like she's always been very just mean and catty problematic and um I always told my mom like why do you put up with her crap like I know she's your sister but why like why you know she's like oh she's family like family's all you have at the end and I'm like mm. like I have friends that I have closer relationships with than like some of my family you know so like um it got to a point where you know obviously my husband is black she is a very racist and it was very vocal about it on Facebook um and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I told my mom, like, I'm not, like, I don't want a relationship with her and you can't force me to have a relationship with her. Right. Um, so while, while some of my family has maybe been able to embrace the fact that like, I am not tolerating 
problematic, disgusting behavior like that. Um, you know, you have comments from time to time that are like, oh, but they're your family, but like, I don't care. Um, they, they just don't have a place in my life, you know? Oh, I love that. I love that you're able to have these conversations, just like, this is why X, Y, and Z, and I will not continue this conversation. We want to talk about something else. We can talk about the, the sun, the rain, anything. Right. And I love that you talked about prior to making this decision, there was evidence. You already got those red flags. You had conversations with other family members before saying, you know what, obviously this is inevitable. I there's nothing that I'll be able to do to change their mindset. Right. And so I'm not going to continue in this relationship. Right. I, um, the key word out of your statement though was family. A lot of organizations use the word family to kind of bring people in and draw them in and lower their, their guards or boundaries. Have you ever experienced that before? Yeah, I mean, in the Navy, right? Like they always say, we're a family. Um, I feel like uh, even other organizations, probably the organization I'm in now has a more uh, like, yeah, I think when I first got hired, there was this very like, we're a big family kind of vibe, but because we're all remote in different places, you already don't have that. Um, aside from that, I mean, the company I work for has like great, 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 great programs for like ERGs for their employees and um, tons of different resources. So like, if anything, I, like it, maybe I'm okay with them saying it because they actually like they're the values of the company and they're not just about the talk, you know, they're actually acting it out and have different programs in place to show that. Um, but I recently read something, um, a post on social media that talked about that, right? Like your work is not your family. And like, while you might really, really like the people that you work with, like they are not your family. Um, and, you know, I think being in the, in the Navy, that is ingrained in you. Um, and, and I get it. I get it to an extent of like, why that said, right? Like we go through so much together. Um, so like together as the peasants, we might feel like family, right? But like that you do not treat us like family. Big Navy does not treat you like family. But also like, is family even a great example? Because like family almost gives you a reason to be a shitty human and still be able to like forgive them, right? Like forgive and forget because they're your family. And I mean, I guess if you see it in that context, like, yeah, the Navy is very much like that because like the Navy wants you to forgive and forget and just carry on no matter what what, what they do or what they say or how they treat you. Um, and I think that's probably with other organizations. Like, I don't think that the term family has as much power as it did because we're realizing, I think especially like our generation is realizing that that word doesn't necessarily mean all that society wants it to mean. In a, I mean, if it, if it wants it to mean that, yeah, you want us to just take your shit, right? And like deal with it, then fine. But it's not this, it's, it can be, but it's not always this beautiful, this beautiful thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
for a lot of organizations, like we talked about before, when they use that word family, they're not meaning, oh, we're all going to sit down and I'm going to believe in you and kumbaya. They mean, no, whenever we say you do. So it's really important for anybody listening out there to be just like Mel and go into organizations with that in mind, like, Okay, just because we're a family doesn't mean we align on everything. We will still have to have these difficult conversations and I will still have to make assessments on whether or not I can continue in these relationships we're in, regardless if they're at work. Oh, have you recently had to have a difficult conversation in a relationship at work? Um, No, I don't think so. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm excited for you. And I know that you talked about having to move into the office um, shortly. What about that scenario has you thinking, okay, I need to now start setting different boundaries than I have been before? Um, so actually going, when they told us we were repopulating campus again, um, you know, I kind of asked the question, like, are we gonna be brought back slowly? Um, because I can't, I'm telling you right now, like I cannot do this all at once. Like you cannot expect me to show up on Monday and go Monday through Friday after having been at home for a year and a half. Like it's not, so I was very grateful that my supervisor was like, no, like start coming in however you want, however it works for you. However, like this is a hard date where they want everyone back on campus. So that was, I wouldn't say a, a hard conversation. Um, but I think it all depends on the relationship you have with your supervisors, right? And the people that you work with, they've always been very, I am lucky to work in a good environment where they are, they are listening and they're taking into consideration these things. Um, but um, I mean, the first day that I was back, like I was already working past five, right? Like as soon as I got home, I had to like turn on my laptop again because like something happened and I needed to take care of something. So um, setting those boundaries again is harder when they see you, mm-hmm. right? That when you're at home and they don't see you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to like face them per se. Um, given the nature of my job thus require for me to be available if there's like an emergency, they can't contact um, our after hours if I have somebody who is stuck, I'm in travel. So like if they're stuck in some kind of storm or something, right? Um, But we do have like after hours and uh, people who can take care of them when I'm not technically during working hours, right? so yes, I will have to reset those boundaries a little bit because now that they see me, I think it, it, I'm kind of like in the front of their mind again, where before they realized that like, I got to call the, the after hours number, right? And so um, working through that, but we'll see. So far, um, not everyone who does what I do is great at setting these boundaries. And I'm not too long ago, I had a com- I was in a call with somebody else and um, I said something like, well, like my, the people I, that I service, like they know they on the weekends and after five, unless it's something super urgent, like they need to call certain numbers. And um, the person was kind of like, how did she do that? Um, and I mean, it was, it wasn't easy, but like, 
I, even if I answered a lot of it was kind of like walking their hand through it, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, you call me, I am going to answer, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass you off to the person that will help you because I'm out to dinner or whatever, right? Like, and so doing things with them slowly that way has really helped us kind of shape our relationship, but it's not, it's not easy, especially when you have people who are, you know, in higher pay than you, um, who have influence over like your contract getting renewed or not. Right. And so, um, those conversations are not easy to, to have and to, to establish those boundaries. Hmm. I love that you use the word established because that's what it is, establishing that relationship. Oh no, our relationship does not look like that. You don't get to call me when I'm out to dinner. You don't get to call me after 10 p.m. If you thought that, now you know better. You, you don't have that right. right. So I love that you use the word established, but you also are utilizing the resources you have available. You have an after hours person that they can call um, right. for anybody out there that may be in similar situations. Utilize those resources that you have available. When you feel underwater, ask your manager, is there a resource that I can use? Because I cannot do this. Right. Um, are there any other resources that have helped you on your journey to being able to set boundaries and establish them firmly? Um, no, I mean, aside from like the resources that are already provided, I think it's just a matter of you actually using them. Right. Um, I think for some people it's easier to just say like, fine, I'll take care of it. Um, but then you're not helping yourself because there is going to be a time when like I went on a trip for my birthday, I'm not bringing my laptop with me. So even if I could answer your phone call and say like, Hey, I can't take, like, I can, I can physically not do it because my laptop is at home. I'm on a trip, you know? So like, you're not helping yourself. If these are resources provided to you by your workplace, use them. Um, especially if there has been someone else in your position who did things differently and did accommodate to their needs. It's going to be very hard for you to break them out of that, but you need to for you because you're the only one who's going to end up working harder and longer and, I mean, especially for what I do, which is work in college athletics, right? So like coaches have very different schedules, like between practices and games. And so they, it's not even like they're doing, they're calling you after hours, trying to be malicious, right? Like they just don't realize because they have so much going on. They don't realize that you are a normal person with a nine to five schedule, right? Where, because they are all over the place during their season. And so just making sure like, obviously this is a very different work environment than most people are in, right? Um, but if, you know, you have a way to connect with the people that you work with so that you can understand like what their needs are and how that fits what you can provide for them, then you can have that conversation early on mm -hmm. so that there is no miscommunications. Oh my goodness. I hope y'all heard that she said early on. So right when you, hello, my name is Katrina. I will be assisting you with these services. And this is what you can expect from me. How did that communication flow pr prior to this, prior to me coming on? What works best for you so that we can be healthy in this relationship together? Because I'll tell you what, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be sad. 
But I also love that you stated internal boundaries are important as well. The fact that you said, no, I'm not taking this laptop on vacation. That way I cannot possibly do this job is amazing. Has anyone in your life been crucial to your ability to set those internal boundaries within yourself? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean... Uh, I, I think that I just, I just appreciate my me time way too much. Right. And like, we have been in this like society that like wants you to think your, your dream job is it's, is like the end for you. Right. And like, you should dedicate your life and your which for people who that works for them and it makes them happy, like by all means do it. It does not make me happy. Like I, and it might be because I have passions outside of what my job is. I love what I do. I love servicing college athletics um, and student athletes. I love being in that environment, but I also have passions outside of that. My job does not define me. Right. And so like, I have a best friend who is the complete opposite. Right. And like, she brought her her two work phones on our trip and like was constantly getting on calls and emailing and like you're on PTO and I get that but what like who's gonna care about you at your job when something happens to you right like they're gonna have to carry on you're not gonna be able to be from a hospital bed giving directions and figuring out what your people need to do right and so I think that also goes to show that anyone who is working under you and I don't have anyone working under me right but like anyone who you're tasking when you are away it needs to be just as trained as you and I will say that's probably something that the navy really instilled in me because when I was in the navy as a PS2 if if the person that was taking over my stuff while I was on leave they didn't know what they were doing, it was gonna be on my ass, right? And so like, I just cannot, like me and my other best friend kept telling her like, you're on vacation, like stop, right? But I also know that some people get very defensive about that and get uncomfortable. So like, after I said it once, like, I'm not gonna say it again. Mm -hmm. It's at the end of the year, it's your vacation. It's on you, you're a grown person, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, we're like, we're in Maui. (laughs) Like what? Like, why are you checking work emails? Like, or I guess if you want to check work emails, right? Like that's something that I learned early on that my boss told me, you know, do not respond to emails after 5 PM. Do not respond to emails on the weekend, because the minute you start doing that, they're going to expect for you to respond to emails all the time. So what I, what, what sets some people off is like, if I don't answer, right. Like if they're calling the phone, just because then they don't know who to call. So like, it's nothing for me to quickly answer and say, Hey, I am not available, but here is the number that you need to call. Mm -hmm. Um, but you gotta set those boundaries. Like, unless, unless you're perfectly happy with, with, with that, right. With you being married to your job, but I'm not, I'm, I, I can't do it right we did it already we the navy i raised my hand all that but you have touched on so many different leadership skills the fact that your boss 
encourages you to set healthy boundaries by saying, oh no, I, I will connect you to the next line. Please hold on. This is not my time. Right. And the fact that you even as a leader know that if you have to leave, somebody else is able to fill in your spot. So many good leadership skills. And I hope anybody who's a leader out there in an organization listening, to, this is something that you need to have in your pocket. The idea of being able to set personal boundaries and what healthy relationships with your work and duties look like. Because yeah. if, if you're not setting boundaries with those duties, then who is? Right, right. The, yeah, apparently the people in Maui, maybe. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it sounds like you're having a lot of good positive experiences with setting boundaries lately in your life. Could you kind of describe a time that you've had a less than positive time setting boundaries with someone and then received kickback? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is more of a personal boundary, but you know, when all the like Black Lives Matter protests were going on last year, um, it became clear to me that some people that were very dear to me did not hold the same values for human life as I do. Um, and I, I had to set that boundary right away. Um, it, and no, that's a lie. It wasn't even right away. Like I tried to have a conversation at first um, and the responses were just outrageous. So I just kind of left it there. And I was, I mean, we've had a friendship for almost 10 years, right? Like this is my ride or die. Um, and it does not mean that I don't love her still, but I don't talk to her, right? Like. And, and it had to happen because as I told her, like aside, and, and it sucks that I even had to give this example because you shouldn't have to know somebody to value human life, right? But um, my example was you constantly ask me when I'm gonna have kids. My kids are going to be half black. So what you're telling me is that you would not stand up and that's an that's very ableist of me to say but like you will not you would not you would not protect my child right like and so obviously this came back with a lot of gaslighting but i'm like it's the truth right like so why do you have to wait for my child for my unborn child right to to exist for you to, for you to value their life. Like, why does it even have to come to that? Right? Like what if KJ's running around the block and he gets shot, God forbid, right? Like why, why does it have to take for you to know my husband, for you to value human life? Um, and so I had to tell her, like, it has become clear and I don't know when we started valuing human life so differently because we are so alike in so many ways but I cannot continue on with this friendship because it is clear to me that what's important to you is not it's not what's important to me right and so um I mean that was hard that was hard and it took you know like a year for me to finally have this conversation with her but like that that human life is more important to me right like the lives of black people are more important to me than your friendship and and like i i mean i can go into a whole other conversation about being an ally right but like 
anyway, so, I mean, it was, it was, it was a hard conversation. Um, and there was gaslighting. There was a lot of like you people, right? Like you people think, right. Like, and so I kind of came back with a like strong, like, look, it's clear that like, this isn't what it is. And I sent her some um, like diversity training basically. And I was like, this link has really great resources and information. I hope you check it out. But like, as you are right now, I cannot like have this friendship anymore. And so, you know, like it sucks. And like, there's so many times, you know, like I just turned 30 this year. And so like in all my memories, like I always envisioned her being part of them. So it's, I mean, it's hard, right? Like even she, she actually ended up texting me for my birthday. Um, and it wasn't even, it wasn't a conversation. It was just like, happy birthday. I love you. And I said, thank you. I love you too. Cause I do, I'm always going to love you, but we're like, we just cannot be friends, you know? And so, yeah, boundaries are not always hard or not always easy. Sorry. <laughs> especially, I think, especially personal boundaries, right. Of people who have been in your life, for a really long time, whether that's friends or family. Um, there's just some things that are just not a deal breaker for people that are a deal breaker for you. And and as hard as it is, you you have to you have to set them for you because the only person who's gonna take care of you is gonna be you. Oh my gosh. I cannot thank you enough for sharing that specific example. So many um people in my audience are going to resonate with that because a lot of us have gone through those same difficult conversations in the past year or so just because of everything coming to life uh, for a, myself included. Um, for some reason, a lot of people who were in relationships with me did not realize that I was a Black woman until I started speaking about being a Black woman and the experiences that I've had whether it be professional or personal and gaslighting ensued, dismissive ensued. And I immediately had to say, okay, what do we care more about this person um, being affectionate towards me or my core values and beliefs as the right. person that I am today. So thank you so much for sharing that because to anybody listening out there, it really goes back to your core beliefs. If that's more important than the I guess, surface level relationship that you had because dang, we ain't never talked about black people before. Like we ain't never talked about being black before or human life and the necessity of it. Okay. Right. And I'm just like Mel, uh, Mel said, if for some reason you come to that turning point, you will have to make a decision. And I love that you were able to make a decision and it doesn't matter how long it takes or how many conversations you have be in between. Just know that your ability to make the decision is there and you will have to make it. Wow, so powerful. Ooh, we cried already, so that's good. Um, I also wrote down human life. I just wanna point that out that this boundary setting journey is part of your life and it is really difficult to do, but we have heard so many good examples of how you get better at it and you continue to endure and embrace the new boundary field person you are today. Um, what are some of the coping mechanisms or affirmations that you tell yourself to continue on this journey of boundaries? I 
think just something that I've had to learn is that like no one's gonna love me more than I can love myself right and so I feel like for a long time I was looking for someone else to love me um and I had to realize that no one's ever gonna do it better than I can right and so like another another thing is just like just finding like being grateful for the body that I have and all that it can do, including my mind, right? Um, there are folks who, who are not, who do not have the capability of doing all the things that I can do. Um, and that has really shifted like my perspective of how I talk to myself, um, how, how I treat me and my body and what I prioritize in my life. Um, and it's not an easy, it's not even that I do it perfectly, right? Because I don't want you to think that like, I have this down packed. I don't, we struggle over here a lot, but um, just even having that in the back of your mind, you know, um, I do this Peloton ride with like, with Alex. And what I love about his rides is that he starts that, like the ride saying like, basically like I know you're mad that you're here right now you know but like embrace what your body can do and I, like that alone is just so powerful like mm -hmm. there are so many people who are not as able-bodied as I am to be able to do those things um and just really just that first sentence you know like no one's gonna love me like me and I need to start acting like it Oof. no one is going to love me like me when I first transitioned out of the military, I was looking for the NAMs and I was looking for the awards and I was looking for somebody to give me a pat on the back in every organization that I was in. And it took me a really hard, it was a really hard time for me because in the civilian world, they don't do that. They know pat on the back, they know employee of the month, they know stars for every time you turn a wrench or turn in a piece of paper. Just, there's just not that. And I really had to dive into myself and say, hey, where are we going to find that from? Where are, we, where are we going to find it? And I love that you're encouraging people in my audience to find it in yourself. Give yourself those golden stars. Give yourself those names, those awards, because what, for one, they made up. So just give them to yourself. Um, are there any any tips, top three tips maybe that you'd give young professionals that are now moving into spaces where they're going to have to set personal boundaries? What would the tips for them be? Um, on boundaries? Um, set them early on. Uh, have those conversations period. I know they're hard and they can be uncomfortable, but like one of the first things that I did was um, schedule meetings with every team I was working with um, and tell them like, this is how I work. This is what I've been taught to do. Like, tell me how you work. How, so, so have, have those meetings with the people that you're going to service. Um, and just remember again, um, you are no one's going to love you more than you. And if you don't take care of you, who's going to take care of you? And that applies to your personal life and to your work life. Um, 
yeah, like it, the, your work life affects your personal life and, and, and vice versa. And you need to set those boundaries in order for you to find a good balance between work and life and, um, and be able to truly love yourself and, and embrace those things that you love to do. Um, yeah, I think those would be my three. That's awesome. I love that you use the word balance because I think a year ago, that was the big phrase, work-life balance. But now we're getting into the specifics. Okay, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? Because your work-life balance is obviously emailing and Maui. That ain't me. I, I want to go swimming and snorkeling and stuff. So um, for everyone out there, these are personal boundaries. They are very personal because they're specific to you. Um, although Katie over there likes getting her hair touched at work. I do not, don't do it. That's not for me. So these are very personal for, I cannot thank you enough for sharing all of your insights today and your experiences. Are there any last minute nuggets you want to share with anyone? Um, no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> You don't have to. This was amazing. My paper is full of so many affirmations that I'm going to tell myself. Mostly the nobody's going to love me better than me. My goodness. I'm about to put it on a shirt or, <laughs> or a piece of paper. That's amazing. I love it so much. Um, if you don't have anything else for our audience, I just want to say Thank you so much for being here today. Once again, this was absolutely not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My amazing special guest today was Mel Gill. Her information will be in the show notes when this is published. We also will have information about our new merchandise coming out. So please check that out. It'll be on my website soon. But until next time, continue to love yourself the best that you can and just keep setting those boundaries. Bye. Bye.